0: Hello again everybody, welcome to another episode of the Wrestling Connection podcast, we are here, thank you so much for tuning in this week It really means the world to us, the fact that every single Sunday when you see a new episode drop in your preferred podcasting outlet That you choose to download and stream our new episode, our new chat, talking about whatever it is in wrestling that connects us this week And this week we've got a fun one, but ladies and gents, uh, we're going through a tough time We are going through hard times ladies and gents, as Dusty Rhodes would say, and as it says in Cody Rhodes' current theme song um (laughs) we are here ladies and gents i chris uh your one co-host here that always introduces the show that's me i'm feeling fine and dandy i'm feeling 100 and ready to go however my partner in crime my co-host glenn glenn with a d if you ask pat Patterson, glenn actually sound with a bit of a cold (laughs) he kind of sounds like glenn but he's got a bit of a cold he's a wee bit under the weather but he's still here to provide for all of you listeners here on TWC. Glenn, how are you feeling in the grand scheme of things?
1: And the, uh, so emotionally and spiritually I am very good Chris, I am loaded with the cold um, but uh, what I will say is that I'm confident that you will have the the, the, the good nature and the good um, the, you, you will be good enough to edit out any sniffing, coughing or sneezing um, but I would just stress to our listeners who are worried about us that I have no zero symptoms of covid so i'm doing fine thank you very much but yes i'm I'm in a very good mood i'm pumped for uh all the wrestling that we have going on right now at this time of year it's insane like we're so lucky as wrestling fans uh, and we have so much to talk about and you know we, we we don't talk about current stuff that much but currently we have so much to enjoy i feel very privileged to be a wrestling fan right now do you know what i mean
0: it is a good time. And I think this is a sort of down period after SummerSlam. I think it does kind of dip a little bit. Um, but just in general, I think we are very lucky to have the amount of content that we have. And the fact that wrestling has been the one thing that has stayed in business throughout yeah. COVID is like is makes us <laughs> extremely lucky that, you know, um, we've never had to go, oh, well, the wrestling's back, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. We've always kind of had to be there. So I, so I feel very, very lucky. Have you uh, been able to watch anything this week or are you just feeling a bit down in the dumps because of everything that's going on? Or have I you been able to catch anything? I don't
1: I don't know about you. I think I think you and I are the same in this way. But for me, when I do feel low, whether it's just I'm, I'm stressed oh, yeah. or I'm upset about something or when I'm... Uh, got a cold or whatever. Wrestling is a really good comfort for me. So, uh, my I have watched a bit of wrestling this week, and I've been, you know, apart from the WWE highlights, I've been kind of going AEW daft. I'm really enjoying all things all elite wrestling right now. Uh, everything from their COVID presentation. I still think they, you know, as impressive as the Superdome, oh sorry, the Thunderdome is. Yeah. I still think that. All elites presentation in COVID has been the best out of all the mainstream promotions, hands down. And um, I just and I love the fact that they're able to get fans in because they've got this big outdoor arena. Uh, yeah, so everything is uh, in terms of my wrestling consumption right now. It's it's mainly been AEW, and that's not a bad thing. It's it's nice to um, kind of catch up because I kind of left AEW to one side after Double or Nothing, and I kind of became a bit more casual again. And uh, now I feel like I've met up with an old friend, and we're sitting having a drink yeah. together, and I'm way <laughs> actually... to look at it.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very guilty sometimes of like maybe not considering other wrestling promotions as important as WWE. Like, for example. Um, Like, I don't watch Ring of Honor ever, but every so often I may catch a pay-per-view here and there. Um, I go in and out of New Japan, that sort of thing. ICW's the same. Uh, But even, like, older stuff, like, I have all these TNA DVDs and all these ROH DVDs and PWG DVDs. And I always, like, I don't really consider them, like, these great parts of my collection because they're not WWE or they're not AEW or whatever. Or they're not mainstream, you know, they're not this historic stuff. But it's, like, part of wrestling history. It's still wrestling just because it's not WWE doesn't mean we can't enjoy it you know so i've I've got this best of aj styles three disc dvd set that tna put out right and i've never watched it because i've never felt the need to go out when i watch them old tna um but but it's still just as important as old dcw stuff or old wcw stuff it's still part of wrestling history that you can look back on and talk about and stuff and reminisce about the glory days of another promotion you know i don't know how you feel Mm -hmm. about that
1: but put it this way right uh when i think about the, what we have in front of us what our options are as wrestling fans right now and I compare it to 20 years ago when I was uh, 9 years old, going on 10 uh, and uh, it was around, I think it was when I was about 10 or 11, uh, we had ITV Digital so um, I didn't have Sky Sports, so I couldn't watch Raw but I could watch Smackdown on a Saturday and that always came with some Raw highlights and I could watch like Metal and Superstars and so I was always aware of what was happening like in the product so my wrestling consumption was always based on what came on Sky 1. And then after ITV Digital collapsed in 2001 or 2002, it was 2002 because it was around about the time of wrestling in Um, Then my wrestling consumption was my VHS collection. And then a couple of years later, I could watch some scratchy videos on, on like streaming websites, stupidvideos.com and eventually YouTube, and whatever Robert had in his collection. So it was very limited and you cherish whatever you've got. Now, As I speak, if I want to go back to the glory days of ECW, or TNA, or if I want to watch the highlights of last night's Raw or Smackdown, I can do it like that. And I know this is an obvious point, but sometimes when I'm on Twitter and people are complaining and moaning about... uh, the Roman Reigns heel turn isn't being done properly, even though we've been begging for a Roman Reigns heel turn for years. <laughs> or, you know, uh, Keith Lee's NXT title reign was pointless. Or, you know, when I, or, you know, the, yes. the Fatal Four Way Iron Man match was a shambles. Or you know, when I, like, these might be valid criticisms. I'm not saying that you can't be a wrestling critic, but sometimes I think people get so visceral with their criticism that we maybe need to just take a step back and have a bit of gratitude and like we're a positive podcast that's how we market ourselves right we 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 look at things positively and that's how i approach my life you know i've i've been in a place in my life where i've uh you know got wound up about insignificant things but now when i meet a stressful situation in my life i take stock and i think of the bigger picture and i'll think of all the things to be thankful for and that's why we have that segment on the show right um and um I look at wrestling the same way. If something bothers me, at wrestling, or if uh, I'm, I'm facing a dilemma in wrestling, I, I, I might have stopped making sense at this point, mate. But I think you're no, no. It, see? Uh, I, I then I, uh, I realized that actually how good it is to be a wrestling fan now, because compared to what limitations we had up in, in even in even in the mid '90s, not just like the '90s when I became a fan, but like in the noughties compared to now wrestling is really good so do you know what if you're sitting watching smackdown and you don't like the way that roman reigns is acting as a heel or the fact that he's wrestling in a t-shirt just go back to the time that you liked because you can do it in two seconds on your phone you know what i mean
0: yeah i've been thinking about trape trip <laughs> i have be thinking trape. about tape trading <laughs> <laughs> <Trape-tading>.
1: <laughs> isn't that a wrestler in the indie scene I've weighing been... 402 pounds From Raleigh, North Carolina, (laughs) Trape (laughs) Tading. Right, he's our new fictional wrestler. He's going to be a permanent fixture on the show.
0: (laughs) Trape Tading. TT. Right, aye, so, Trape Trading. No, I've been thinking about tape trading a lot, right? Back in the day when you had to do that, that was the only way you could watch other wrestling. And that kind of, that whole idea kind of blows my mind. That Mm. you're sharing tapes with strangers and you're recording your own version of it on this horrendously. This horrendous quality tape, you know? Like that's how you're getting your your you know information of Japan or ECW or something, you know? It's crazy. Mm. I'm just so detached from that time now where like YouTube is so second nature. Like every time I'm watching wrestling, I'm I'm checking Twitter and Instagram and stuff, you know. But Mm. you're so right in terms of wrestling being a comfort thing. That is my absolute number one like thing to go to when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling sad, when I'm feeling tired, whatever. Um, Yeah, and it it reminds me of my home, it reminds me of family, it reminds me of a happy time, it just reminds me of being content. And actually, I I was doing, I was a guest on a YouTube channel recently, a good friend of the show, Luke, who runs the YouTube channel Razorwire Reviews, uh, got me on the channel for a first edition of a new series, which is called Can Films Save Your Life? Mm. And it kind of, or Can Films Save My Life, I think it's called. And he asked me uh, 15 questions about my movie watching life um like what would be this sort of movie for me or what memories do i have about this sort of time in my life and that thing in terms of watching films and there were so many of the answers that i couldn't really gather because mm-hmm. i was like wrestling's my answer to this question you know like yeah. i don't have a comfort film i put on wrestling when i feel when i need comfort you know so um it's, it's it's a funny world that we are in ladies and gents talking about the world of pro wrestling
1: It really is and um you know you you mentioned tape trading uh You know that was still a thing when I was my wrestling fandom was happening. Although it wasn't always necessarily tapes that were traded. Case in point, we all agree that uh, WrestleMania 17 was the best WrestleMania. That (laughs) happened. That happened when I was in primary seven, right? Uh, And I didn't have Sky Sports, as I've just established. But we, I knew that Craig Littlejohn was taping it. Okay, and he was only. This was this. This is true. The Craig. I know. I haven't spoken to him since Primary 7. But he would only lend me the tape of WrestleMania 17 so I could watch it on April 2nd, 2001. He right. would only lend me the tape if I gave him permanently a Charizard card. Right. If you don't know your Pokemon card trading card game, and, and you didn't know Pokemon when it was hot as hell in the late 90s and early noughties. Charizard was the most prestigious card. And every time I catch one in Pokemon Go, I kind of think back to this moment. But I permanently gave up my Charizard uh, (sighs) so I could watch WrestleMania 17 the day after it happened. And to Craig Littlejohn's credit, he was good for it. He gave me the tape. He let me borrow it for as long as I needed. uh, But not too long, because I think I had to go to somebody else afterwards. This was the thing. The guy was running like a business. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) he was collecting all these Uh, Pokemon cards. I know. You know, he's quite sly. I don't know what he's up to now, but I'd like to think he's a millionaire because he certainly had the brain for it, you know. Or a drug dealer. Oh, God. Since I used his real name, we should say for legal reasons, we don't believe that he has any of those negative things. Don't be that, of course player. not. No. Um, and I, uh, so, you know, I got to watch WrestleMania 17 the day after, and he didn't spoil anything for me. He told me it was good. He told me Austin and The Rock was good. <laughs> he didn't say anything about the the shocking ending or anything like that. So, you know, tape trading was one thing, and it's just so mad to think that you know, a primary seven kids now, if they want to watch WrestleMania the day
0: afterwards, they could do it like that. You know, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> the understatement of the century. Yeah, it was okay. Rock and Austin was all right. Aye. <laughs> um, well, listen, we're uh, we're here to move on, even though Glenn's not feeling the greatest physically, he's still got his heart set on the wrestling connection podcast and one of my favorite things to do here is listen to glenn tell stories because he has all these stories he has a few years on me so he has more stories than i do so (laughs) so i would like to ask my good close personal friend glenn if you could tell us a wee story about another time that you may have met a wrestling personality is there something that comes to mind when i ask this my answer is
1: Can you cue the jingle, please, Chris?
0: I will do. Here we go.
1: Meet a wrestler. we met a wrestler in
0: the flesh. Ooh
1: yeah. So, uh, as you may have guessed from like the half a bar of music, <laughs> um, this is a, this is a kind of a story that I have mentioned in passing a few times, but I've never told the proper story, uh, and. I think for me, this is going to be, and I'm go, going to try not to ramble too much. So Chris, you keep me in check because okay. I didn't want to make this boring. Listen, but,
0: if, I, if anybody knows about rambling and being boring when they're telling wrestling meet-a-wrestler stories, it's me. So you just, you just do your thing.
1: You say that, but uh, last week's episode when you told Lionheart, the, the Lionheart story, that, that was awesome. Uh, and you, you accused yourself of rambling when you talked about the Young Bucks as well. And again, yeah. I thought that was awesome. But, uh, you know, like, so, so I'm going to talk about meeting Bailey and uh for me like sometimes i tell these stories about meeting wrestlers and they end i end up realizing that the mental they had a, a much deeper meaning than I initially thought i'm thinking of like when i told you the john cena story like yeah that, that did a lot for me and i actually think this was along those lines i think so all right i'm, 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 I'm interested gonna, then I'm, I'm not gonna get try and get too deep or like too personal or anything but it's hard not to i guess when telling the story so i need to put it into context because it wasn't just a case of opportunistically bumping into a wrestler that i like there's there's a wider context and i think that's what makes this for me an interesting story and whether or not the listeners think so that's up to them to decide they can always skip past this part if they don't like it so so um i'll i'll pre- <laughs> i'll preface this with the fact that you know nowadays like in the year 2020 i i've live a happy life i've never been happier and uh, i'm married my wife and i have just bought a house and everything's good but going back uh, four or five years ago not so much it was a difficult time for me and uh, so i had been in a long relationship a long-term relationship uh, and that ended and then uh, at the age of like 24 uh, i was back at home with the tail between my legs living with my parents uh, having left when I was like 19 well living with my dad I should stress uh, but one of the positives that came out of that and this is kind of a, a a typical thing that can come out of breakups is that you spend a bit more time for yourself and you just do things that are good for you you know uh, and yeah you, I think a lot of people go through that when when relationships break down you take some time to take stock and think about what you want and what's important to you before you consider dating again or anything uh and and so that kind of happened to me and so i had to move back home and uh you know that came with a lot of feelings of uh guilt and kind of shame because I, I you know as as a hospitable and lovely as my dad is you know you still can't help but think i'm uh, putting a burden on him he's got his own lifestyle now um so i, I moved back in put my telly in my old bedroom that I, you know I, I last slept in as a teenager uh and I renewed my subscription for the network, and I started watching NXT. And uh, you know, in two thousand and fifteen for NXT, that was like really, oh, yeah. Brilliant. That was when it was like blossoming, and that's when I started to notice Bailey uh, and the stuff with Sasha Banks, right? Um that was two thousand and fifteen, wasn't it, Chris? I'm getting my years mixed up. Yeah, already.
0: yeah. They had that's when they had the stuff at Brooklyn, and then the Iron Man match yeah. and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah.
1: So at this point, you know, because you know and prior to that i think my love of wrestling had kind of been a wee bit belittled in the lifestyle that i'd had before so i was really indulging and nxt kind of seemed like this cool underground thing even though it was a wwe product right so no, but man um, 2015
0: 2016 i kind of mentioned this a couple of weeks ago like that yeah. was the brand for our age range for what we want our kind of vibe about wrestling Which nxt was perfect around that time i totally agree with that
1: Absolutely, so so I started watching NXT, and I loved everything about it. I Loved all the people who were yeah, on the roster too. at that time. You you know, Balor and Samoa Joe, Apollo Crews. God. Um, but you know, it was so like even though the women's division was kind of making strides in the main roster at that time, uh, the uh the the women's division in NXT was just on another level and. I was indulging in this and I, as I was indulging in watching the the NXT product I was starting to feel more at one with myself again I was like yeah I'm doing stuff for me I feel like I'm Glenn again I don't feel like I'm being a, a fraction of a, of somebody else I'm, I'm, I'm being me uh, and by you know watching this product and buying t-shirts for wrestlers that I like this is me being me and You know, then I I really started to enjoy at that point as part of all this, the Bailey character, pardon me, because I was intrigued initially by the presentation of her, that character in NXT, because here's this character that, you know, you you would see the kids, the little girls in the audience with the hugger t-shirts and like Izzy being the famous fan. uh, yeah. NXT, uh, and it's so weird that she's like a proper teenager now. You know, and she's and like, like
0: training great. to be a wrestler. Like she's going to win the NXT Women's Title one day, and it's going to like the footage they're going to have of her as a wee girl is amazing. <laughs> the, the that
1: match has to happen at WrestleMania. Izzy versus Bailey. and Bailey is not even thirty, so Bailey can and Izzy can happen one day, right? That, yeah, that's got to happen. Uh, and like it's going to be heel Bailey versus Izzy, you know, or it could be the other way around. But anyway, yeah, I I, I digress. Um. And but so I was so intrigued by the presentation of Bailey because you have all these like little girls and stuff who love her, right? Uh, but you also would see fully grown men wearing hugger t shirts, <laughs> yeah. And I realized that it was just like, and you can say that this about a lot of the women on the NXT roster, but at, in 2015, it was still refreshing to see a character who wasn't sexualized at all, who had a very clear character, a developed character, and um. You know so and that's we talk about loving wrestling when we're sad as escapism i loved bailey because she was just so wholesome and she was wholesome at a time in my life when i didn't feel wholesome and it was really sad um and so i just saw so much comfort in watching bailey she was like a big hug pardon the pun but it was it was like being hugged watching <laughs> her matches and watching the, that wholesome character um so I bought my own I'm a hugger t-shirt. And the funny thing is, I used to wear that to where I was work. This was before I was a teacher. So I used to wear that to where I worked at the time <laughs> but with a hoodie on.
0: You should wear um, it to work now. You should wear know, it to work now. That'd be great. The,
1: <laughs> the problem is, though, right, I used to wear it like with a hoodie, uh, which was open. So people could only see I'm a, and it would look like ugger. Um, so they wouldn't know what the, the right. word was, and they would make like they would think it would say bugger or you know other nasty words, um. But yeah, so I I, I properly embraced the, the Bailey character, and then of course you get to the quality of the matches with Sasha and, and stuff. So it was awesome, and I actually I need to check on my phone from when we were doing the live ep- the live shows episode because I can't determine whether where at what point I saw Bailey wrestle first. It was either the WWE live show where she teamed up with somebody and Sasha teamed up with somebody at the hydro or it was the NXT show at the hydro it was one of the other that I saw her right. first at. those were both the same year I think the WWE live show came first because it was just after Brooklyn I think um right or, I see or, or, the, the or NXT was one the within December. yeah so I think I think there was a WWE live show in November uh not long after the Iron right. Man match and that was a big deal for me that I was excited to see Bailey and Sasha and I think like one team with Natalia and one team with somebody else. I can't remember. Uh, and, then, and then we saw them at the uh, we saw her at the NXT show, of course, in December. Uh, so like lots of things started to get better in my life at that point. But one of the things I enjoyed was indulging in something that was for me and seeking comfort in this wholesome character. And it was just refreshing to have this wholesome, positive character a woman in wrestling who isn't sexualized at all and is just there to be a wholesome character but also an awesome wrestler yeah so you then fast forward to uh 2016 uh when raw and smackdown are doing tapings in glasgow and of course we've spoken about this weekend haven't we We uh well not weekend but uh these these days in glasgow and uh at that point i was working in a place where i could i had like flexible hours so i had i just had to do a certain amount of hours a week so i banked up my hours so that i could <laughs> so i could take the monday and the tuesday off yeah. um and my plan was simply because i i had no knowledge of where the wrestlers were staring stay staying at this point uh so i I planned just to wander around Glasgow until I could figure out what hotel they were staying in. And I knew that they would have to get to the venue for about two. Because you always hear that from like restaurant documentaries. Right. You get to the building about two on a TV day, right? So I thought, I'll get to town in the morning and wander around the big hotels and try and fare <laughs> where, if there's a bus where it is, right? That's um, great.
0: So well, slightly psychotic, but great.
1: It is, yeah. Um, and I just wanted to try and like get some high fives, maybe some selfies or something with some wrestlers. I actually didn't go into it with a big design of meeting Bailey, although I was wearing my Hugger t-shirt, <laughs> nice. uh, which I would go on to wear that night at that famous episode of Raw where we all started chanting, Hey, Bailey, I want to know if you'll be my girl. Um, so uh, I get off at Glasgow Central uh, on the day of the Raw taping, and uh, I, I get my phone up and I, and I put in like, hotels nearby. And the first one that comes up is Radisson Blue because that's the nearest hotel to Glasgow. Well, it's one of the closest hotels to Glasgow. It's not the Grand Central, but it's yeah. one of the closest hotels to Glasgow Central. Um, So um, I kind of figured that they probably wouldn't stay at the Radisson Blue because I knew that uh, John Cena and the Bellas had stayed there the year before because the Bellas took a picture outside it. But <laughs> I got the impression that that was just like a, a VIP hotel. Okay. So I, I I followed Google Maps to the Radisson Blue because I couldn't remember exactly where it was. And I, I go there and I'm looking for like a queue of wrestling fans and I couldn't see them. And I didn't at this point know that there was, there was multiple entrances and there was an exit where the wrestlers would be coming out. So I'm standing outside like the front doors of the Radisson, not the back entrances where the wrestlers come out and get on the bus. So I haven't noticed the buses. I haven't noticed the wrestling fans. I have no idea that this is the hotel. I'm at the front door... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, at the front I'm at the front door of the Radisson Blue, all on my own, like, uh, just like with my hugger t-shirt on, I'm looking at my phone, and I'm thinking, is this maybe it? And I look through the glass doors into the lobby, and standing at reception, uh, with a phone in one hand and a coffee in the other, is Rusev. <laughs> <laughs> yes! So I'm like, oh my god, it's Rusev, and I'm about to go in, and then I realize there's like a security guy at the main door of Radisson Blue. Right. Um, so I thought, right, I'm not, he's not going to let me in, okay? Because uh, there cl- there's clearly people stopping guys coming in because they know that this is the time that the wrestlers are coming down to the bus. So I walk around the building, and at that point, the funny thing is, at that point, Rusev clocks me, and he starts walking towards the side exit. So I'm walking around the building, and Rusev's doing the same journey, <laughs> but we're through a pane of glass. So we're kind of walking together towards the bus. Um, yeah, right, right, right. So then Rusev goes out of sight. It wasn't Rusev Day. Um, and then I turn the corner and that's when I see the bus and there's a few, like a small number of wrestling fans gathered. So I go up to them and I kind of stand near them and I can get near the front because there's only about seven or eight of them and more would eventually show up. Uh, and the wrestlers start um, filing out and... Uh, so I think like Sasha Banks came out and like she's she's known for not really like she, she's quite private around fans. She only really engages with them if it's a signing and stuff, which is like her right, you know. Absolutely, so she, yeah. she just gets out of the hotel and she goes straight to the bus uh, and then Goldust comes out and he's awesome. He gave me this big flipping kind of big manly kind of handshake, which he yeah. replicated the second time I met him with Inside the Ropes um, and uh, he shook my hand uh and uh, Cesaro came out and he did the same thing uh and then Goldust was hanging about the bus for ages and Sasha came back out to chat to him and take pictures of him or like at the entrance of the bus which was weird uh Charlotte came out and said hi to her and then uh out comes Bailey and like <laughs> I'm so pumped like I'm so excited and like let me be clear, folks. If there was like little girls or little kids, little Bailey fans <laughs> there, I would have right. of course like given them priority. But it was it was a bunch of fellow sweaty loner wrestling men, right? <laughs> so, um, I didn't feel that bad about kind of like saying like this is the person I want to meet. So, uh, I am. Um, I kind of lean near the front and I kind of separate my jacket a little bit so it's clear that I'm wearing the hugger t-shirt. Right. Um. So Bailey comes out and she's like, hey guys, I'll be back in just a second. So she runs up to the bus, dumps her bag and she comes back and she starts signing stuff and I have nothing to get signed. Uh, I just want a picture. And so she comes up to me and she's like, Hey, I said, hi, how's it going, Bailey? Can I get a picture, please? And she goes, yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, so we, we take a couple of pictures, and she goes, that is a really cool t-shirt. I was like, great, thank you so much. And, and that was it. And like that was my interaction with Bailey. It wasn't embarrassing. It was lovely, and I took a picture. Um, but then the funny part is that after that happened, then the wrestler started flooding out. And you'd think really? that would be, as a wrestling fan, my cue to stay. But I was on such a high for finally meeting Bailey and for getting a picture with her, um, so I'm looking at my phone and Bailey's now left. She's gone on the bus and I'm standing right at the front, so I have a great position to meet other fans to meet other stars. And the fans are trying to edge and get to where I am, and I could stay there if I wanted to meet all these stars. And at that moment, right, Bailey's got on the bus, and at the same time, out walks Braun Strowman and Chris Jericho.
0: Oh my word!
1: And I, I'm just looking at my phone, and I just like I'm happy. And as they're approaching me, so Braun and Jericho are coming up and, and, you know, acknowledging fans. And as they're coming close, I just turn around and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, I'm not sure if that was the right thing to do. But I know. Do you know what? It meant other people got to hang out and meet Braun and Jericho, right? So um, I'm pretty okay. sure I could. And as I'm walking away, like, I'm pretty sure I heard people go, Kevin, Kevin oh, Kevin, Owens. Kevin Owens was the Universal Champion at the time. Yeah. What um, oh, about Roman? Uh, I did not see Roman. Like obviously he was there that night. I think I missed him. Right. Uh, him or he must have come out afterwards. Um, but yeah, I or maybe did I see Roman? I don't remember. I might he might have done it, but I think I think Roman. If I did see Roman, he would have been one of the ones that just went straight to the bus because there was a few that just kind of got straight on, which is right. Uh, but I, whilst I could hear all these people screaming for Braun and Jericho, I just like go straight to McDonald's at Glasgow, you know, the one at Glasgow Central, like near yeah. there. And I sat there, I bought like a burger and I just looked at this photo and I posted it on social media and I was just so happy. And like to bring this back to the kind of emotional kind of sentimental thing, that was the one of the one of the moments where I kind of thought do you know what i made the right decision by getting out of that relationship and even though the, like over a year had passed by that point but i was still yeah. living with my dad excuse me and so uh, at that point i just kind of looked at the picture and i thought this could just be like a saddle posing with a wrestler that he's got this kind of like um fan kind of crush not like obsession with right yeah or it's symbolic of me embracing me and realizing that if I'm going to move forward and and find a new relationship, that it needs to be this mutual cycle of accepting who we are and not trying to suppress aspects of someone's personality, because I think that's where relationships get bad. If one party tries to suppress an aspect of someone else's personality, yeah, you're a team. You're you know? interest, yeah, this is it. You don't want to become like diluted versions of each other. You want to become person A and person B who just are even better for being together, and yeah. uh. Six months later, I met my wife, who bears a passing bears a passing resemblance <laughs> uh, to Bailey when she <laughs> is wearing her fitness gear and does her ponytail to the side, But that has nothing to do with it. Okay. <laughs> um. So, uh. But so uh, yes, on paper, it's just I wait outside a hotel. I ask for a selfie. I get a selfie. We speak for three seconds, and she's gone. But being the kind of sentimental person I am for me it's it was symbolic of embracing like a new chapter of my life which led me to the happy place that i'm in now and i think the bailey character has always meant that to me every time even now when i see her doing all this cool stuff as a heel i always smile when i watch her wrestle because i just think you as a performer and this character that you put out there you know it just it did a lot for me and i have no embarrassment about saying that that's what wrestling does and it speaks to what we spoke about at the beginning sometimes wrestling is what you need when things are tough and that's what bailey did for me and that's why that selfie is one of my absolute favorites uh and uh, i'm always going to cherish it and i hope one day to like get an autograph <laughs> offer or something you know i'd love to meet her again you know
0: yeah well i've just done some stalking of my own here okay And uh, i've just found this picture of you and bailey on your facebook mm-hmm and the caption is: "I just yep. met Bailey. I'm about to f and explode. She complimented my shirt. Ah!" <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing, man. That's such a funny story. That's so nice. Question though: When Jericho and Strowman came out, were they like were like chatting as pals, or was it like individual, like did they nah. come out, like on their own?
1: It was one after the other, but very quickly. And the, fin- the, the the reason I know this is because I almost missed Jericho because Braun was so big. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah. And he was wearing shades and he was like this big kind of guy that um, um, people were going, Braun, Braun, Braun. And everyone on the other side of the barricade was going, Jericho, 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 because we couldn't see Jericho. Hey, right, uh, right, I mean, right, right. you know. Uh, and, uh, and then it was, became apparent that they were both there. Um, so yeah. <laughs> people people
0: were like, Braun, 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 Braun. <laughs> That's <laughs> what it's <laughs> like. Hey guys, get get these hands. I'm big country. That would he would have been mental to me, like in terms of like size wise. You know what I mean? He would have been huge. Yeah, absolutely. That's great though. That's great. I love the fact that you walked away because it's almost as if that one moment with Bailey kind of meant so much to you. You yeah. were like you were there for like an experience, not to take a selfie with all these wrestlers just because you were there. You know that makes yeah. it a bit more special. I think that's great.
1: You know, for, that was it for me. I just felt like. I've had my joy, I've got my memory now for today and there's other wrestling fans here who maybe have What I have, like, my fan fandom for Bailey, like, my passion for her as a character, the guys around me might have that for Braun Strowman or Kevin Owens or Roman Reigns or Charlotte or Sasha. So if I stand here, I might be getting in the way of somebody else having something. And I just kind of wanted to to share the love and the positivity. And being a wrestling fan, if the world goes right again, maybe I'll have a chance to meet Braun again, you know, or or whatever. So, you know, I I didn't feel bad about that. It just felt like the right thing,
0: you know? That's because you're also a nice human, and you knew that like kids or whoever, when we were kids, but other people that were there would benefit more from that, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's probably just part of your personality, which I think is a credit to you, and it's a credit to the whole um, experience, because you knew how much it would mean to you personally. So that's a great story. I love the fact that it wasn't your typical autograph signing, Yeah, because you know? uh, that, obviously that's that's the main theme of this segment, isn't it? You go and you meet someone at a signing or at a yeah. meeting or whatever, you know? So it's nice to have those little different stories, like the Lionheart one last week, and then this one. Um, where it's like a yeah. self-inflicted meet you know?
1: Absolutely and I do I do have to say I do think I need to thank uh, Rusev because if I hadn't clocked him in the reception I probably would have walked, walked away from the Radisson Blue and oh it would God. be too late I um, love Rusev so much man Yeah so you know Rusev had a big part to play in that story for sure Cool
0: that was great. I'll uh, I'll I'll clip that a bit and put it on these socials, um, which is at Wrestle Connection on Instagram and at Wrestle Connect One on Twitter. And it might even pop up on our YouTube channel, which is mm-hmm. just uh, by searching the Wrestling Connection podcast on YouTube and hitting the subscribe button. And putting lots of exclusives on there and individual excerpts from the episodes and all that good stuff on our YouTube channel. So, would you like to do something else, or you want to go for a toilet break now, or a blow on nose break?
1: Uh, uh, both, please. Chingle. <laughs> 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 toilet break.
0: Oh yeah! All right, we're back, ladies and gents. And whilst Glen was at the toilet, I was just looking through Twitter there, and um, the WWE Network were posting a teaser for the upcoming Broken Skull Sessions episode with Jerry the King Lawler, oh, um, yeah. which is which is going to be coming on in the WWE Network this month. And uh, it's basically, you know, Jerry Lawler's like synonymous with being like a really good artist, like he always draws, like, and paints incredible yeah. portraits and that sort of thing, right? There's a video on this Twitter preview, and Jerry Lawler draws a picture of Batman in less than a minute, right? Right. So I was watching it, and I was like, no way. And he just does it like, with no even, like, there's no, he's not looking at a picture of Batman and trying to draw it or trace it or anything, just from his own mind. He draws Batman. And then Austin tweets, later Jerry added some more to the drawing and signed it for me, getting it framed right now. It's one of one. Thanks, King. So I was thinking that's really cool, like the fact that Austin's now <laughs> King Drew Stone cold a picture, and uh, mm. Austin got it framed. So that got me thinking. I wonder if there's any like real obscure talents that other wrestlers may have. You know, you, of course you get your singing, and of course you've got dancing, and other people that you know, other things that people can do. But what yeah. about you? Have you got any like funny, random, obscure talents that you can share with the listeners? Eh, obscure talents, right?
1: Well, uh, I am a pianist, mm. but. Um, Uh, It's not, that's not really an obscure talent. Um, My, my, my wife is a music teacher. So, you know, one always feels a little bit um, uh, in the shadow, (laughs) so to speak. Um, But I don't know, like, I am... I'm really good at doing. You know that thing that Shane McMahon used to do with the candlestick, where he'd like <laughs> twist it between his fingers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of Shane McMahon, I'm really good at that. So I used yeah, to like. Too. I used to live. This is awful, right? I'm sorry in advance for the implications of this, but this I used to live near a ski slope. I used to nick ski poles from it because they were like candlesticks <laughs> and right. lightsabers. Um, so they were sell two pur- purposes. So I could pretend they were lightsab- lightsabers. These ski poles. But I could also do the Shane McMahon thing or do like the prequel Churl G-esque lightsaber flippy things that, that you know, right. Obi-Wan and Anakin would do in <laughs> uh, Dark Maul. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I like to do that quite a lot. Um, I can do a good Kermit the Frog impression. Yeah, you uh, can. Yeah. Kermit the uh, Frog here. <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: excellent. Can you, say like a, can you say like a famous wrestling catchphrase or something in the voice? Nah, but I can do this.
1: It's the Wrestling Connection podcast with Glenn and Chris. Yay! We should totally (laughs) open up with that one day.
0: Totally should clip that. Yeah, okay. Noted. Uh, What what else could
1: we say in Kermit's voice? Um, Don't be a bonehead. Don't be a clown.
0: Please, don't try this at home. (laughs) Please leave the danger to us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Kermit, did you know it was like the. um, 44th anniversary of the Muppet Show or something the other day
1: jeez oh that's uh, long lasting I mean I'm Muppet glad the Muppets made their w- they made their way to Monday Night Raw I I remember
0: that that was actually not too bad I remember the idea of that I was like Ugh. but it was actually alright
1: <laughs> I liked it I like Kermit totally trolling the mess and going hey uh, I thought you were like."
0: sorry I've lost it now because I've got a call <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a good guy now <laughs> I thought you were awesome <laughs> anyway shout out to Kermit and hopefully he can do a cameo for us. Here to open uh, Hi, the podcast, here. and I've got a feeling it'd be free. <laughs> yeah, speaking of
1: cameos, by the way,
0: I know. Did you hear Lord. this
1: about Vince McMahon? What Bang. a what a nonsense! Here, Vince, that's the only reason that people listen to us. You need to, <laughs> you need to go easy on them. I mean, I'm fine if we just. I, I, do you know what I want? And this might sound outdated by the time this goes out. I want Tony Khan to put out a statement saying, "I am more than happy for our contracted wrestlers to make themselves a bit of extra money." It's just so mad because like you know like who's done cameos for us uh like the coach like he, he's there as jonathan coachman that's his name chavo yeah. guerrero that way he's not contracted to wwe but um like mick foley you know like yeah um who else has done it for us Santino, so, yeah like so i think mick foley was the only guy who's been under contract but like all the wwe guys are who are on there and do it like under their real names or they do like you know Joe and Anoy, or however you pronounce his name, aka yeah. Roman Reigns. You know, it's like, um, it's I just uh, this is a positive podcast, so we'll move away from this. But Vince McMahon, let your stars stream video games on Twitch. I just record I, I, cameos, you know, for the cameo, ugh,
0: the cameo thing's all right, I think, because it's like a because you're using your real name, and surely you don't own the person's real name, right? No, exactly. But like, thing, things like the YouTube channel and the Twitches, which is a literally nowadays a second career for them. Yeah. You know, look at like, uh, like uh, Xavier Woods with up, up, down, down. I will put my foot, I'll put my foot down. I'll make a point saying this right now. There is absolutely no way Woods gives that YouTube channel up. There's no way. No, um, because
1: he could, because because of what you can earn on YouTube now, Woods could leave the WWE. I'm not saying he ever would, because I think he's well liked and well respected. Agreed. Aaron. Yeah. And he's loved by the and he, he
0: fits in well, I think. Yeah.
1: But in theory, see what I did there. Um, no, no, I was, no. I was thinking of Austin Theory, not Austin Creed. Wait, what's 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 his name?
0: <laughs> Austin Watson is his real name, but and 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 up or down, then he's Austin Creed. Austin Creed. But I was thinking of
1: Austin Theory. So in theory, right? And um, Creed, he, he could if he wanted to. Like, if his contract came up, he could leave WWE. I'm sure he would get wrestling work where he wanted. He could make money either on the Indies or I'm sure there could be something for him in Impact or AEW. And uh, because the guy is an asset, he can do so much. And the, the one limitation of the um, Xavier Woods New Day character is that we've not seen the best of him, like his versatility, yeah. I don't think, yet. Um, like, he could be an amazing heel, I'm sure. I'm not saying that should happen because I love all the New Day, the New Day stuff. But uh, he could make YouTube his primary income, you know. Especially now Absolutely. that he's probably made his money, he's been under contract as a a big star in WWE for that long. Um, I can't imagine the implications of this as well. If this had happened a few months ago, before all the releases, Mark Mac Cordona and Brian Myers probably would have been mm-hmm. allowed to do the podcast. And I love yeah. their YouTube channel, like uh, mainly Brian Myers. I'm not a huge Mac Cardona fan, if I'm honest. Um. Let your bloody wrestlers send smartphone flipping filmed videos to fans, for God's sake. It's all very wholesome stuff. Jonathan Coachman is raising money for our donation heart transplant charity. He's not getting any money from that. Mick Foley gives most, if not all, of his money to charity from Cameo, you know, and a lot of these other WWE stars are compensating for the money that they're not making from merchandise sales and live events. So, you know, you can't, you can't have it both ways, Vince. You can't say that your wrestlers are independent contractors but also have this tyrannical ruling. We're a positive podcast, let's leave this to one side.
0: Well, Xavier Woods is a random wrestler that we love. But it is right. now time for a brand new segment. Here we go. Love it!
1: <laughs> right, this needs to actually be queued in as our actual jingle.
0: <laughs> don't worry, the episode that goes out tomorrow has already got it queued in, don't worry. Yes. Um, by the way, when I was on Spotify there, I forgot I've not done this in ages. Let's go to the wrestling theme song playlist and let's hit shuffle. What random song is going to come on, Glenn? You have to guess.
1: I am going to go for the corporate ministry theme.
0: Oh, good one. I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say All Grown Up, the Stephanie McMahon song. Ready? Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you big troll. <laughs> I know.
1: <laughs> I didn't see that coming.
0: Oh, I love this one.
1: Good old Raven.
0: What about me? What about
1: Raven? I can't forget that that's what it was called, you know?
0: Uh. Right, here we go. It's time for Random Wrestler Recollection, everybody. And because we're a little bit early um, in terms of bit, we're running on good time this week, we're going to do three suggestions. So for those who don't know, I reach into this random box of random wrestlers and pull out a random wrestler. And uh, Glenn and I have no idea who we're about to talk about. But whoever the wrestler is, we have to give our top of our head anything we have knowledge-wise about this wrestler story-wise funny moments as fans about these wrestlers so the first one that came out the tub is of course oh wow my god what are the fucking odds in this eddie guerrero and i was just singing this theme song before we started recording eddie guerrero go for it
1: Right, so like uh, a lot of I think fans of my generation who were born and bred on the WWF, I didn't become aware of Eddie Guerrero until uh, the end of '99 when he came into uh, the World Wrestling Federation. Um, and uh, it's one of my uh, regrets as a fan. <laughs> it's one of my regrets as a fan that uh, I think, unlike you, Chris, and a few of my friends, I never got to see Eddie live. Um right. and it's funny that we were talking about Bailey um, earlier because I, I love the um, Chronicle on the network where they talk about how Bailey was at the Co Palace. Um, oh my and god! I the that. I mean, and I, I, the funny thing is, I was actually thinking about Eddie today, and I'll tell you why. Because I, I saw that Shaw Guerrero is working at AEW right now. That's right. Yeah, as well as Vicky, and I think Saul uh Shaw is a really good um, announcer for the wrestlers coming out. Excuse me, and. And uh, I, uh, it made me think that, of course she is, because she has a mother and a father who were both great vocalists in wrestling. Of course, Vicky Guerrero, no more said, like, she's one of yeah. the greatest heels of all time. Fight me if you disagree. Um, and Eddie, you know, apart from, like, th- this is the thing. When we talk about Eddie Guerrero's legacy, we often point to the fact that he was this excellent wrestler, which, of course, he was throughout his entire career. But I don't know if we always give enough credit to the fact that he was—he was good in the mic. He was—he uh, could be evil and despicable. Oh, he could be hilarious, hilarious and lovable. And he could—you know—probably switch that on on the turn of, the, of a dime. And uh, it's nice that we're talking about him a couple of weeks removed from me talking about how much I loved Halloween having '97 and that yeah. match with me. You know, what about you for Eddie?
0: Eddie, I loved Eddie when I was younger, um, and it's such a it's such a shame because we we think about Eddie Guerrero and immediately we think about oh we lost him too soon, where we should be remembering how great he was. And yes, he was great in terms of all round performer in the ring, out the ring, on the mic, personality, all that stuff. But we always need to remember around that time where he was blossoming in all those departments. He was the shortest guy on the roster bar Rey Mysterio, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he was yeah. about five six five seven. Maybe about a, a bit taller than that, but you know what I mean? Like he was definitely not the tallest guy. And the fact that this, you know, shorter guy beat Brock Lesnar at the pay-per-view before WrestleMania 20 yeah. to go into WrestleMania 20, the biggest WrestleMania of all time up to that point as WWE champion, shows how great of a performer he was. Because that didn't happen, you know? Yeah. Um I loved the unbelievable amount of theme songs he had. It seemed like for, for a period of time he had about a new theme song every single week. And my favourite one being this. Ah, oh. that was my favorite yeah, one. That's like uh, the evil lady theme, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. So when I, I've kind of talked about this before, but when I did that kind of like watch through of all the stuff when the network first came out in 2014, and I started at like 2001, I watched through all the rods and stuff like that. I kind of I've started again recently. I Went back to 97. Now I'm on 99. But never, I mean. Um, but at that point I got to 2005 for my that original watch through. You know, after years of doing the watch through and mm. seeing. His heel stuff, like Despicable Evil Eddie with Ray, Um, talking about how he has this secret and doesn't want to reveal this secret about Dominic. He's so unbelievably entertaining and so amazing. And some of the stuff he's saying, like some of the lines that he had written for him, I suppose, for the promos are so absurd. But he makes them work so well. Um, He's just so great. And um, I'd argue that he's one of the greatest heels of all time because of you know that work and the, the stuff in WCW and that sort of thing where he was you know um you know rude bad uncle Eddie who tried to get you know his nephew chavo to shave his head and all that stuff and just wanted to raise mask and all this stuff just a despicable guy yeah. but then it's so funny cuz the best heels are usually the nicest humans you know and you don't you will not find a bad eddie guerrero story you know yeah, so that's why is, I think uh, he's the greatest or one of the greatest ever
1: I'm thinking of like you would hear about um I, I, it's on a documentary somewhere. I think Vicky tells a story that, you know, they were walking out of a restaurant one day or something, and he saw a homeless guy, and he just took his shoes off and gave them to this guy.
0: What's that about, uh, you know what I mean? Now, who know, does that?
1: Yeah, a, a good soul like him, man. Yeah. Uh, I'll throw in one very quick uh, thing about Eddie, is that um, I think it was on WWF SmackDown 2 Know Your Role, or or maybe just bring it on the PS2. It was one of those video games where you could do... Where, uh, Eddie and China were in the game, so I think it was know your uh, know your role. Uh, and if you teamed them up, they would do the Mamacita entrance, where like he would give her the flowers, right? And she right. would be like, "Oh, flowers, thank you." Right? I used to love assigning that entrance to Undertaker and Kane.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> and you can just imagine like ten year old like going, "Ah, look at Undertaker giving
1: Kane
0: flowers." I did that. I did that in WWE twelve or something, and I gave Undertaker Brutus Clay's entrance. <laughs> like the princess, right and it, like at first i was howling laughing because look how funny this is haha and then by the time you get to the ring i found myself in silence just watching it disturbed just Hypnotic. like what have i no, you're, done
1: you're going damn taker can move
0: <laughs> damn taker right eddie Guerrero, one of the greatest ever and uh, when he beats brock at no way out of four is one of my favorite moments of all time in terms of wrestling that that reaction is so real you know so organic so yeah good stuff right Number two, next random wrestler to come out the bucket. Are you ready? I'm ready. It is. Oh, good one. Billy Kidman. Right, okay, straight away. Uh,
1: I was so pleasantly surprised when, after the fact, I learned, um, I only learned this at the Paul Heyman show, at the Inside the Ropes Paul Heyman show, that in those um, 2013 uh, back-to-back nights that WWE did in Glasgow, you were at one and I was at the other, where uh, Paul Heyman was wheeled out uh, right. and beat him up the candlestick, that the guy wheeling him out was Billy Kidman. That's and I didn't great. realize that because, because he's aged, you know, he's he's older now. So I didn't clock that that was Billy Kidman. I knew that he worked for WWE. Um, I, but I'd never seen him wrestle. And I was always gutted that I'd never seen him in the flesh, never seen him live. And then two, three years later at that Inside the Rope Show when Heyman said that that was Billy Kidman, there was easily about 25 people in the audience that went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen Billy Kidman live. Um, I love Billy Kidman, and I absolutely I f- I hope you got it queued up, Chris. I
0: flip it. Oh, hang on, that. hang on, hang on. Yes, okay, I'll do it. Get <laughs> so that because
1: I was about to sing it there.
0: Yeah, hang on, Billy Kidman. All right, go for it. Ah,
1: uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. It doesn't even say it <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man the first comment is a heel Apollo crews with this theme would be glorious. Yeah, oh god, yeah. Tell you what man, like I say
1: this about Billy Kidman. Uh Having recently watched through all the invasion stuff a few months ago with the kind of watch along that I'm doing right now, he was he was like protected. He was they clearly had I high hopes him. And then you think through the rest of Rufus aggression, he was a he was a mainstay in the cruiserweight division for quite a while, um, and they they did a lot of different things with him. And I uh, you know I just I, I felt like we could have seen more from him. I wish he was given more opportunities. I don't think anything that he didn't accomplish was down to him. He had a successful career, and he, he continues to be successful, um, you know, as in, in the kind of backstage capacity. I don't know if he's still working behind the scenes with the WWE now, but, um, you know, when you, case in point, when you said the name Billy Kidman there, I smiled. And when I think of Billy Kidman, I smile, and I think of his matches and that character. I don't know what it is about him. I don't know if it's the shooting star press or the name or just the way that he wrestled. But, man, I just have, like, nothing bad to say about Billy Kidman.
0: Um, what about you? The king of velocity, Billy Kidman. Yeah. Uh, he he married Tory Wilson, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I loved... I think there was a period of time in 2002, 2003 sort of time where, like, for, for a brief <laughs> couple of months, Billy Kidman was one of my favourite wrestlers. Yeah. I thought he was really cool, like, as that youngster, you know? Um, And I loved... I loved the stuff of the Invasion, the stuff how they kept him, as you said, that he kept him really strong. He's one of those WCW guys that wasn't a main eventer, but was still protected, you know? But bit like RVD, but then went on yeah. to be a you know main eventer. Um, and I had a WCW VHS when I was younger. It was sold out 2000. I had it on video. Mm-hmm. Um, from The Warner Media collection it used to be on sale in Toys R Us. And I remember um, I actually bought two VHSs in there from Toys R Us. It was the best of 1990s compilation, hosted by Tony Schiavone and Rick Flair. Um, and I remember like, they're, t- they're talking about how like WWE is going to go into the future and just be the number one wrestling promotion, and it's like I came out in two thousand, like oh my god, yeah, what a change, you know. Uh, and then I also bought a pink VHS, which was the best of the best of Starcade and the best of Slambury, I think Or maybe be Spring Stampede, one of the two. But it was like these compilation Blu-rays. But anyway, that added to my my VHS collection. But I had this one of Sold Out two thousand, and on that show, Billy Kidman wrestles three matches. Um, he wrestles Dean Malenko in a catch as catch can match. He yeah. wrestles, who else does he wrestle? Perry Saturn in a bunkhouse brawl. This is all from the top of my head, so I could be getting this wrong. I've got nothing in front of me that proves this. I'm just doing it from my memory. And then in the third match of his, of the night, he wrestles a guy called The Wall. Um, and it is in this cage of terror match or something. And it's just a hell in a cell. Just brought, I just built a hell in a cell, just without calling it the hell in a cell. Um, I had
1: no this, idea about this
0: is 2000, yeah, so obviously they saw the, t- the hair on a cell and just went, okay it's called like, oh no, it was called the Caged Heat it was a Caged Heat match because um, they couldn't have hair on a cell yeah, and of it's course. Billy Kidman versus The Wall and uh, Kidman wrestles three matches in the one show, so it's like, because I had that like early kid memory of Kidman then yeah. I just I always kind of liked him but yeah, I love Billy Kidman, good shout and last one for this episode last random wrestler to recollect about it is Oh my god! How did these things happen? It's Raven. Oh.
1: <laughs> Your boy. I think you should go first on this one, mate.
0: What about me? Hang on, I need to cue it back up again. God, that was so funny. How that happened? What about me? <laughs> I love Raven again. I went, a few, you know, through a wee period of time there where Raven was one of my favorite wrestlers, and he is my boy. He's in yeah. my boys' stable, um, up there with Maven. <laughs> Maven uh, and Raven. I'm just sure think Maven- of that
1: episode of SmackDown in 2002 where Maven wrestled Raven just before the brand split came into effect.
0: <laughs> I've got surely to God, Maven will be in this tub at some point. He's he's ob- obscure enough. Um, yeah, because I was such a big fan of the hardcore title when I was really young. Raven in 2001 was the man. You know, you know, be like 2000 it was Crash Holly, mm-hmm. in 2001 it was Raven. Yeah, um, and he has this match of Backlash, 01 won against Rhino, and it is one of the best hardcore matches you'll ever see. Uh, just because it's like they've done... Uh, what else could they do in terms of a hardcore match, you know? Um, and then they go and do this excellent match with bring the, the the shopping trolley into the ring and yeah. use that itself as a weapon. Uh, I don't know. I just loved Raven. And then when he left WWE and went to TNA, I, I, he was immediately one of the main eventers in TNA, and I loved his TNA theme song. It was actually one of my original theme songs from my backyard wrestling character. I used to come out to Raven's TNA song. Uh, It was just so devious and dark and stuff. And then he he just became a a top star in in, in TNA. And he never went back to WWE. He never went back as, uh, you know, that kind of darker character. But he did say on Jericho's podcast that in 2002, when he was on Heat every week, just like Kidman was on Velocity, um, Raven was on Heat every week. Raven was apparently, you know, uh, the book, not necessarily the booker, but one of the heads of creative of Heat in 2002. Ah. And he, could he's such a smart guy. And you can tell that, actually, just by the way he speaks and stuff. You can tell yeah. he's really intelligent. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he apparently pitched this idea where, you know, he had, like, Raven's Flock in WCW. Yeah. He was going to do this new thing. It was like the Seven Deadly Sins. And it was going to be a Heat-only, Heat-exclusive storyline. And it would never be on Raw or anything. It would be, like, a reason for cool. people to want to watch Heat. And uh, it was him, and he had all these guys. And he, he, he was going to try and get, like, Stevie Richards and these people who weren't being booked very well to be members of the Seven Deadly Sin group, and it was only going to be on Heat, and it never happened, because Vince didn't want to put all that time and, and money into Heat, the show, because it had lost its yeah. kind of steam by 2002, which is a shame, really, because he went on to about 2008. Um But yeah, so there you go. So in terms of Raven, that's what I think about, the king of the hardcore title in 2001, loving all the Steam songs, and it could have been so much more.
1: Yeah, it's a good show. It's funny, because... Before we started this podcast, whenever I would think of Raven, I would think about how much I liked his presentation in ECW and I'd never thought much of his WWF run. Uh, But then hearing you talk about it and kind of living by the philosophy of our podcast of looking at things in the positive sense and seeing the merit and everything, I realized that there was a lot of cool stuff about his WWF run. I loved his feud with Perry Saturn. I thought that was awesome. And obviously, who doesn't love... Some people say it's a shambles, but who doesn't love... The triple threat match at WrestleMania seventeen.
0: Like a shambles. And, uh, Are you joking? Going,
1: going through that glass window is one of the most memorable moments of that pay per view. And if you have a memorable moment on what is considered the best wrestling pay per view of all time, then I'm you know, you you're a success. And it's funny, like you mentioned his TNA run, right? So uh I wasn't watching TNA this time, I was reading about it all the time in Power Slam though. So I was totally aware of what he was doing at the time. And um one thing that I read in Power Slam is that in the early, well, the mid-noughties, so like because he left WWF and or WWE in what two thousand and three, two thousand and two, yeah. right? Yeah, or three, yeah. Um, somebody sent in a question, and I used to love the Q and A section in Power Slam, where fans would just send in letters, yeah, me and they, <laughs> and, uh, and it would be Finn Martin invariably who would uh, write the responses because he was the the editor. Um And somebody asked, like, who's the highest paid wrestler on the independent scene? And for about two or three years, it was Raven. Even though wow. at that point, like, other, like, even at the time when, like, like, for example, when the Dudleys were initially left the WWE uh, after one night stand, uh, before they went to TNA, like, even though there was arguably bigger stars on the independent scene, Raven was so consistent on the indie scene. That he commanded the biggest paycheck, and he was still, yeah. a, you know, a big, big name. And it's funny because he was supposed to come over here and do like a spoken word interview kind of show. Oh, at, great! At ABC, like it was advertised and ticketed. And this was about two or three years ago, uh, and it got cancelled. And I don't know why, but I would or no, it was supposed to be a classic round. It wasn't like an inside the ropes or anything like that. It was like his own people doing it right i would i would love to go see it because like to your point he comes across as this really intelligent articulate guy i'd love to hear him speak i would uh, did you um, um
0: did you ever go to one of the tna shows that came to glasgow in like the mid-2000s not necessarily the, the tapings but it's just the house shows no
1: nah, i always wanted to um those mid-2000s ones were at a time where i would have to have begged to go right now uh, and so i had to pay my cards right at that point in my life because you know i could beg to go to a tna show or i could beg to go to a wwe show so i would right, always pick WWE. so i only ever did go to one tna show and that was like maximum impact with uh jamie in like 2013 yeah yeah which was an um, awesome show but yeah i would love to have seen him kind of in the more Quintessentially classic six-sided ring TNA Yorker. prime kind of era, you know.
0: It was like those mid two thousand shows that they used to they were just so good. I think it's just because it was it was different from WWE, and it felt more you yeah. felt more, you were more part of it because JB would come out and be the MC and get the crowd involved and stuff. He was so good. But um Mick Foley came out of the two there an eight one because he just signed with TNA, and uh, Mick Foley came out in the in the Glasgow show and he cut a promo and he said he wants to thank all of the famous Scots in the wrestling business that have you know meant a lot to him because he was in Scotland, yeah. and he went. I'd like to thank Scott Levy, better known as Raven. And it was the first time I knew what his name was. And I went, oh, Raven's called Scott Levy? Like His name is Scott? (laughs) I just didn't expect Raven to have such a simple name, you know?
1: It's a... I only learned his name was Scott Levy on the Rise and Fall VCW DVD where they showed the clip of him apologizing for the whole Christmas. Oh, yeah. Well, maybe, I maybe, oh, yeah I maybe I did know
0: then. Maybe I did know then. I guess I'd watched that one before. But anyway, that's the first time I went, oh, really? That's Raven. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. Oh, well, there you go. What a, um, good name
1: to, what a good name to conclude
0: on. Right, I know. Uh, I'd love to see him do some more stuff in wrestling with it. I don't know why he's never like started his own promotion or gotten a job behind the scenes or something. He seems to be extremely passionate, and Inside the Rope should totally do a smaller show with him. They yeah, can easily throw the classic round or something, you know?
1: Like, Chris, could you at some point just clip two seconds of me just saying, inside the ropes, please try and bring Raven over? Because that's the kind of smaller kind of show that I would love to go and see. And yeah. uh, don't, But don't you just think, though, that whether it would be like NXT or AEW or Impact, he like, could add so much value and in remember, terms of just for character like not even like he's a great wrestler obviously but just in terms of presentation and character and owning your character he just seems like because he was so good at that like he would be yeah. a natural fit to mentor these younger aspiring wrestlers
0: do you remember back in kind of like late february early march of this year when they were talking about revealing the exalted one and mm. everyone was talking about how it was going to be matt hardy like everyone knew it was going to be broken matt hardy was going to be the exalted one the God yeah. of the Order, and then it turned out to be broody lee and stuff there was an episode of Dynamite maybe two or three weeks before the pandemic hit, before the, right. the big reveal thing. And like there was this bump with the Dark Order over the barricade, and Raven was sitting in the front row. And, yeah. they, show, and, and they showed Raven, and everyone was like, is that is that Raven? So I was like, oh, Raven's going to be the exalted one. Raven's going to be the manager of the Dark Order, and it's going to be amazing. That's right. And, 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 I, and, I, then, and they never talked about it. They never even mentioned it yeah. again.
1: I, I remember that now. That gone out of my mind, but I remember thinking, God, this is like when Sting started showing up before Starcade 97. Like, like they're slowly <laughs> teasing, like, this could be him. He's just there, you know? And they could make him really dark and mysterious. And, and you know, he's old now, or older. It? But, like, he's just kind of, I think it would be amazingly something like that. And a lot of people aren't kind of hot on Dark Order. I like Brody Lee since it's, he won listen, the TNT it's, Championship, but it's, I, coming
0: in, it's coming into their own. I think it's taking some yeah, time. But it's, it's getting, getting there, there, you know. Yeah, um, and who who made that point? Was that? It was Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy did an interview on YouTube with Chris Van Vliet. You know that guy does interviews on YouTube? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. He also does cameos, by the way, just for
0: the... (laughs) He did an interview this week with Matt Hardy, and Matt Hardy said, if the Dark Order was happening in WWE right now, and it had gone the way it had gone, and the fans were so sour on it, there is absolutely no way they would have stick with it. They would have have given up on that after four weeks, you know what I mean? Because it just wasn't working. But AEW, I've stuck with it for all this time, and it's taken far longer than expected. Like the Dark Order debuted on like the third episode of Dynamite or something, like yeah. back in October, and we're still trying to get to It's only a like year in, and we're still like really the Dark Order. But it, but it's come on leaps and bounds. With Brody Lee being involved and Anna J and all these great additions and the Cole Cabana stuff. How like uh, Brody Lee wants Cabana to be in the Dark Order, but he doesn't want to see what he's doing. I like think it's kind of yeah. behind the scenes sort of thing. It's it's coming it's coming on and it will get there and it will be a big thing eventually. But they're just like trying to take their time with it, I guess. And for some reason, they believe in it so strongly and they've not given up on it. And I kind of like that, you know.
1: You know, I'd like to like I say to go back to what we were saying. I, I'd like to think that there's something left for Raven to do. I, I don't want Raven's time with mainstream wrestling to be done. So whether it's maybe bringing him in and doing something with a Dark Order like we're talking about, or I'd like it to be AEW or like an NXT thing. That's where I'd like him to do something. I just want something creatively with Raven involved. One more thing before he hangs up. Yeah, Impact would be Especially when Impact starts having live fans again. And here's the thing, do you know, we've talked about this a lot, right? But I can't wait till this flipping pandemic is over and wrestling can happen i'd love impact to tour the uk cuz how cool would that be for you and i to go to a show and then do a podcast about it like yeah and we're going to make an effort to do more of that kind of stuff now like yeah totally. um, when when hopefully the world kind of picks back up again that we're um, both grown
0: ups and have jobs and can afford tickets well yeah but one of us is a grown up who also just bought a house but you know
1: we'll, we'll be selective <laughs> you we'll know work we'll, we'll, it. Yeah, we'll yeah we'll work it, yeah
0: we'll, we'll have it. to beg for it but we'll get there yeah. you will be like kate please right <laughs> <laughs> Right, ladies and gents, there we are, la, la, there we are. I had a bit of a moment there. There we are. Um, <laughs> another episode that's in the books, in the pocket, and out of sight. And it has been episode twenty-three. We are now officially all grown up. And yeah. uh, tomorrow, what uh, tomorrow? And next week, what's the what was the tagline for WrestleMania twenty-four? It was I like the Mayweather we thing, wasn't it? It was like the greatest fight in the world, the, the biggest versus the best. That was it. Yeah, the biggest versus the best. So one of us is the biggest, and one of us is the best. Well, you're I'll taller than you. me. I'll let y'all decide. Thanks for watching or thanks for listening, everybody, to another episode of the Wrestling Connection. Please follow us on social media: Twitter and Instagram. Twitter is at WrestleConnect1. Instagram is at WrestleConnection. And please subscribe on YouTube. Just by searching the Wrestling Connection podcast into your YouTube search engine, hit the subscribe button, and you'll be all caught up to date with everything involved with us. As well as subscribing on your podcasting outlet, please leave us a review, feedback, anything you've got for us. We will take it on board. We'll read it and we will admire you for being brave enough to do so. Thanks a lot. Take care of yourselves, everybody. And we'll speak to you all next week. The tip. Cause see society they label me a threat, but I'm just getting started. I'm not finished yet. Look me in my eyes, I can see your thoughts, all your ups and downs, all your little faults. Keep backing tough, it's gonna get creepy. All of a sudden you start the feel sleepy, but in these streets when you doze off, you wake up with your clothes off A shame, feeling so lost. Whoa, you see my crew, you know my style. Victory is mine, you're going down.